everyone, and welcome to another week of, well, the podcast. Um, if it's your first time hearing, you can definitely take a peek back in, uh, in our repertoire, see uh, where we've started off from, uh, which is always a treat. Uh, or you can just stay put, see what we've got here today, and uh, subscribe and listen moving forward. Now, this week we'll be looking into the gift event that we've got going on in Pokemon Go, as well as GoFest Yokohama, along with the rewards that came from it, because it's completed now. Uh, so we do have some great rewards that we've earned from that. Uh, we also have a Suicune Raid Guide I've got on here, so we've got a few things that we can look into there, uh, as well as the announcement of Safari Zone in Montreal. So we'll be having a Safari Zone finally in North America and in Canada, which is a bonus for me as I am a Canadian myself. And of course, Turk Twig Community Day, which is something to look forward to in September. And a few PvP ideas that, I mean, they haven't been spoken to really, but it's always good to uh, try and keep your mind moving, try and keep some ideas in, in mind, essentially, so that, uh, you know, if, if, if all of a sudden someone from uh, Niantic comes knocking on your door, you've got something to suggest. Now, starting off with that gift event, uh, it is running until August 19th at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific time, so that's California time there. Now, the bonus with this event is we did get the shot at Shiny Bonsley. Now, uh, as everyone knows, Mystic7 is a huge fan of Sudowoodo, so I'm sure he's gunning for that Shiny Bonsley if he hasn't got it yet. Now, all your 7K eggs you're getting from those, uh, from those gifts you open with your friends, they're no longer 7k, they're 2k. So uh, you can get to hatching faster, which is definitely a bonus with uh, with the event from uh, Yokohama Go Fest because now all of a sudden we've got three times hatch stardust. So you're hatching 7k eggs in two kilometer increments and getting the same rewards, it's definitely not a bad day there. Now you can open 30 gifts per day for that event itself as well, which is a bonus because I mean, that's 10 more than usual and you can hold 20 gifts at a time instead of the 10 that you had previously. So it allows you to grow those friendships faster, especially if you're in a remote league, it's definitely helpful uh, if you're, again, a remote PvP league because you, you gotta be ultra friends to be able to battle from a distance. Uh, so opening up that, uh, that gifting ability is definitely helpful if you're involved there. Now with GoFest Yokohama, uh, all the goals had been completed, which is always a bonus. I mean, uh, Instinct was last across the line, but we do need to remember they do have a smaller player base than us, Valor, and Mystic. So it's uh, always good to get those completed. Now, like I said, we did earn three times Hatch Stardust, which is a, a super bonus, especially if you're in the PvP scene. Uh, you need that Stardust to do all sorts of things. It costs everything. Even with uh, purifying Pokemon, it now costs Stardust as well, which is a bit of a kick in the face, but you do what you gotta do. And we also got three times Catch Stardust, which is also a bonus, and one hour Star Pieces, which means that now you can drop a Star Piece, it lasts for an hour, and then you're getting that three times Stardust 
plus the star piece bonus, which means you can get all that stardust you possibly can. The event itself does run from August 13th to August 20th, again, starting and ending at 1 p.m. Pacific time. We also, as part of that event, uh, do have 3,000 raid stardust, which is a definite bonus, especially with having that uh, Suicune raid day. I believe it's still within that, that week, so that's always a bonus because it's happening on August 17th uh, between 4 and 7 p.m. local time. So whenever it's 4 p.m. your time, that's when that three-hour window should start there. And we have that shiny possibility of Suicune as well. You also get five free raid passes that day. So for instance, if you don't raid on the 16th, then you'll have six because you'll have that extra stored raid pass. Just make sure you have one before you hit midnight. Now for Suicune, what you're gonna wanna bring to, uh, to the table to try and take it down, and I mean, with that three hour window and all those groups, you're not really as pressed to make a team that's going to be able to uh, duo or trio Suicune, which is a bonus. But it's always good to have that extra damage because it gets you more Premier Balls at the end of the raid. Uh, so stepping in with uh, Electivire and Raikou are definitely your top-notch uh, competitors. As Suicune is a, a single-typed Pokemon, Water-type, you've got two type advantages. One will be that Electric-type, which we've got with Electivire and Raikou, alongside uh, Grass-types, which uh, are excellent counters, but Electric is where you're going to want to go because they do the most damage. So with Electivire and Raikou, you're going to want Thundershock and Wild Charge on them, which is uh, a beast of a, a move there. I mean, I use uh, Wild Charge in most tournaments because it just does so much damage. Uh, Zapdos will be your next up. Again, with Thundershock as that fast move, but you're going to want Thunderbolt as uh, as your charge move. Uh, Roserade is a great grass counter that you can take a peek into as well with uh, Razor Leaf and Grass Knot. Uh, do a ton of damage with Razor Leaf and Grass Knot does all that DPS that you need on the back end. If you need some budget moves, you can always look into those Community Day Grass-type starters. Now, Venusaur and Sceptile are the two that you're going to want to try and lean on. If you have Meganium, it's definitely a good one to use. Uh, it has that capability, but your two that you want to step into first will always be Venusaur and Sceptile. They'll be able to do more damage, take more damage, and uh, get that work done for you. Uh, an extra one that you can take a peek at as an electric type is actually Luxray. Something you don't use very often, but with a single type Pokemon, it's, uh, it finally gets some time to shine there. You're going to want Spark and Wild Charge on those two. And uh, Breloom, if you did take part in that, uh, in that event where you got Grass Knot as the special move from Evolving Shroomish, and you got Bullet Seed on the front end, you're good to rock and roll there too. And you won't have to worry about, you know, flying a types, uh, shredding your Breloom because, I mean, that's sort of what happens to Breloom with Grass and Fighting type is Fire type wrecks it, but Suicune, single type Pokemon, no fighting moves, bring that Breloom. Safari Zone Montreal is definitely a big deal because it's our first Safari Zone that we're getting in North America, which is excellent. Uh, it is happening between September 20th and 22nd. 
uh, it is specializing in fast Pokemon, which I know sounds strange, uh, but uh, it'll have Yenma. I'm, lots of people are talking of Yenma being the shiny Pokemon because most of the others that you'll see there are already shiny. The poster also shows Tropius and Rapidash, uh, as well as Ninjask and Flygon. Now, I'm going to be honest, I'm trying to get tickets because it's, it's closer than all of the other Pokemon events that aren't uh, community related, so like GoFest and things like that. It would definitely be awesome to be able to go, but what I'm aiming for is Tropius because in that Tempest Cup, Tropius was the king of the cup. He was kind of like Quagsire and a few others, so uh, it's definitely going to be awesome to get your, get your hands on Tropius, especially if you can't make that trip to, uh, to Africa. And uh, that's, I mean, that's what I'm aiming for here. Now, Community Day is coming up, and we've got Turtwig. That's going to be on September 15th, and they've changed that time again. Uh, it used to be from, um, from 3 to 6, then it was from 4 to 7. We've had it bounce back and forth. This time it's on a Sunday, which is, I mean, they do a few Saturdays, and then you get a Sunday. Uh, but now it's from 11 to 2, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time which is always a bonus because, I mean, uh, way back it was a uh, specific time in a specific, for a specific time zone. So they'd mark it up to the uh, Pacific time once again. But uh, recently they've had it for local time. And I've got it on Sunday afternoon. We do have triple catch Stardust once again, which is always awesome. Um, I mean, I, that's sort of my grind is that Stardust. So, I mean, I'm, I'm inside recording this podcast, but you know, I want to get back outside for that uh, triple Stardust event and get earning that Stardust as well. Now we are looking at an exclusive move, of course, as we do with every community day. Uh, it is Turtwig. So I'm going to be honest. I'm hedging my bets. It's going to be Frenzy Plant because, well, let's see here. All of our grass starters that have had a community day, Frenzy Plant. All of our fire starters that have had a community day, Blast Burn. All of our water starters that have had a community day, Hydro Cannon. So why would they break that mold? I mean, it's definitely a possibility, uh, but uh, odds are we're going to see that Frenzy Plant, whether they announce it now, day before, anything like that, unless they really throw a monkey wrench into that and, uh, and offer some sort of new move for Turtwig, but that would definitely be surprising. It does have an additional typing that we do need to keep in mind. With Meganium and Sceptile, they were both pure grass types, uh, but we do also need to remember that Venusaur is grass and poison and still got Frenzy Plant, and it was the one to lead the charge. So when you get to Torterra, Turtwig, and all the way down to Torterra, that typing is a dual typing, but with our only other dual typing to compare it against, got Frenzy Plant. So I can't see them creating a ground type move unless they're trying to shake things up and not make it look like they're uh, following suit as they have been moving forward. Now a few things for PvP. 
I always like to try and figure out what might be going on, try and figure out a way to make it better, make it that eSport that we're all looking for. Uh, if you've heard my email on Lured Up, which is another podcast that uh, I like to uh, I like to send emails to as well as uh, I am on their Discord, uh, I like to have those conversations as well as on my Twitch stream. I did speak to it as well. So if you don't tune in on other places, you can hear uh, information earlier, sooner, um, things that I just like to, you know, throw against the wall and see if it sticks, kind of like spaghetti there for us. Um, we will kind of want to look into here our status effects. This is a big piece to people that have played Pokemon games from the beginning and we're not seeing them now. Um, status effects, if you're not uh, a Pokemon fan from the beginning of the series, uh, status effects are things like frozen, paralyzed, sleep, and poison, and, and extra things like that. that kind of throw monkey wrenches into being able to use your Pokemon the same. If a Pokemon is frozen or paralyzed, it it uh, slows it down first and foremost, which in the original games when it was one, one attack to one turn, uh, you would, for instance, have a slower attack stat, which means that you would attack second in that turn. Uh, with PvP, it's a little bit different because your turns are five seconds. Each move takes a certain number of turns, which does change things a little bit, but still allows us to be able to try and place that basis on how to have that effect. And it's the same with, for instance, Poison. Poison was another one that um, when you were poisoned in-game, you would take damage each turn or each move that you used or didn't use if, for instance, you were poisoned and paralyzed and weren't able to attack, you would still take damage. And then with poison, outside of battle, you would faint. Uh, it would it would hit your Pokemon, and I believe it was every two or three steps, where um, it would do additional damage to your Pokemon while you're not even in battle. So it was kind of a, a big piece to that. Uh, I understand that outside of battle, it's uh, it becomes difficult to have that damage because it's hard for the game to judge number of steps unless it's tracking with your adventure sync, which doesn't work when you're in game, blah, blah. But if we're focusing on PVP, that player versus player, no longer player versus environment, player versus player, because we do have those different pieces, those uh, already set status effects, things for attack and defense specific that you earn only in that PvP aspect. You don't earn that in gym battles and raids when you use those same moves. Um, we can try to, to suggest something, to, to work with something that would be similar to the games and still be able to work alongside Pokemon Go's PvP aspect. Uh, I have, uh, I mean, with uh, with Lured Up, they did speak to having, uh, for instance, Poison doing damage after every move. That becomes difficult to try and uh, figure out what kind of damage that you would be expecting, uh, especially with all the different moves taking up a different amount of time in battle. So for moves like Razor Leaf, uh, that doesn't charge fast but does a ton of damage. Same with Confusion, that takes a long time to work. You'd be taking less damage simply because you're using a longer attack, which isn't really fair. Uh, it becomes a little bit difficult to, to set that to each Pokemon uh, as it is based on a half second turn for each uh, turn, quote unquote, um, so to speak, uh, it becomes easier to then say if s someone was poisoned, uh, you would get damage every, I mean, if you wanted to look um, look at the outside of 
uh, battle damage in the original games, you could say every two or every three turns. So that would be every second or every second and a half, as opposed to relying on the move itself that you're using. Because if you're using Confusion and someone else is using something that works faster, they're gonna get three attacks on you and you're gonna only do one or something along those lines. So with Poison, you could build it that way. That way it's equal to every player. It doesn't matter what move you're using, how many turns it's taking. Uh, but that would be definitely one way to build it. Uh, with Frozen and Paralysis, uh, things that you can look into is slowing down the speed of the moves. So if, for instance, it takes you three turns to use a move and all of a sudden you're paralyzed or you're frozen, then what could happen is it might take you four or five turns to complete your move because of that status effect itself. The biggest one that does create a little bit of an issue is sleep because in the original games while you were sleeping you weren't able to do damage but you were able to take damage which becomes another issue now my way to try and work around that if my auntie can um, can follow suit would be very similar to the mini games that they've, uh, they've given us to be able to use our charge moves if you're asleep then what could happen is that it shows you that mini game but it doesn't stop the battle so you need to complete that mini game. You need to hit a certain number of those icons uh, as quickly as you can uh, before you know before you take a whole bunch of damage. Uh, your opponent can continue to attack you while that's happening. Uh, so that would be very similar to the sleep effect within Pokemon uh, the original games. Uh, the only difference there is that you're then hitting icons to get it, make it happen, which is like you're using um, something to wake you up in-game, which we don't have in-game, which then saves them having to create an item to do a thing, and then implementing items within battles to get that done. Same with using, for instance, an antidote or a full heal to get that all taken care of uh, within a player battle, because that would be a ton of coding that would need to be implemented. You'd have to be able to go to your, your item bag and, and make those selections and make those changes, which can become less um, time effective. Uh, I'd say cost effective, but I mean, if you did need to buy them, then yes, cost effective is always uh, a piece. But as battles are based on time, that's kind of what you need to focus on. Another thing for uh, Frozen and Paralyzed is that in the original games, like I said, sometimes your attacks wouldn't go through because of that status effect. A way that they that Niantic could work alongside those is that you need to make sure that you're getting a certain level or hitting a certain number of icons with your charge move when you use it, otherwise it doesn't work because you're either paralyzed or frozen. There's so many different pieces that they can get into. There's so many different things that, that uh, everyone is looking to add to the game. Uh, but if we are looking to build that eSport that we're hoping for, uh, there needs to be... I mean, it can work the way it is. I'm not saying that it can't. Uh, but adding more, adding more strategy, adding more skill that needs to be put to it can create that, um, that which everyone is looking for. Now, I'm glad everyone's been tuned in this far. I'm glad you made it to the end. Now, uh, you can always make sure to, uh, to take a look at our, our Discord there. We've actually rebranded it. Uh, I wanted to make it a little more easy access to everyone. Uh, before I did have it uh, tied to my Patreon, which you can view, just look up my, uh, my username there, it's Jolt Switch, as it is everywhere else. Uh, take a peek. Uh, I do have the Discord link in the, 
uh, in the description here. So feel free to click and join and we can definitely have those conversations. Uh, with Patreon, I was trying to build it so, you know, you, you put towards a, a dollar per month to assist with, you know, keeping the lights on, keeping the podcast going, as well as helping to support uh, the tournaments that I host in my community. Uh, but like I said, I wanted to make that a little more uh, user-friendly, a little more accessible. So uh, you can dive into the Discord for, uh, for no fee at all. Uh, if you do take a look at Patreon, there are other levels, which sort of offers a, a bit more in-depth uh, time with, uh, with myself. Uh, so if you are looking for, you know, a training partner, um, information, details, if you just want to bounce ideas off of me, which helps me build that podcast for things that you uh, hear each, uh, each time I record. Uh, that is a possibility that does come with uh, with a, a monthly uh, donation, so to speak. Uh, and again, that does help our community as well hold those uh, those Silph Arena tournaments. That is a capability that you can look into on Patreon. But feel free to dive into the Discord. It is free to jump in at that uh, at that lower tier, and uh, you can definitely have those conversations with me on on that uh, level as well. Now, make sure to tune in here on Spotify. You can always uh, follow as well as uh, subscribe on Google as well as Apple Podcasts there. Uh, Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. All the links will be in the description here. Feel free to send us an email here at joltswitch at outlook.com. And you can even leave a voicemail that I can play on air if I um, have any answers to those lovely questions you're leaving. Our number there is... 519-208-0453. All of that information will be in the description. So everyone have a fantastic day and I'll see you on the flip side.